0: Pete. Hey Laura.
1: I'm not gonna ask you how it's going tonight.
0: Yeah it's been a long day.
1: It has been a long day. (laughs) We're coming at you a little bit later than usual. For us. Later for us recording but also we'll probably release it a little later than usual because we're gonna be behind on editing too.
0: Yeah but you should get it the same day.
1: Hopefully. It depends you're maybe where you are in the world and time zones and all that kind of stuff, but um, we are back for his Dark Materials podcast, episode six, season one.
0: The Demon Cages.
1: Um, I just want to say I do like the ambiance of this late night recording session.
0: Yeah, we've got the Christmas tree up now, and there's lights and ornaments, it's
1: I lit some candles and incense. It's very some nicely incense. lit. It's, I'm, I'm uh, into it. It's very soothing.
0: Mm-hmm. So.
1: Are you, do you want to say anything before we get into the details of the episode?
0: I don't think I have anything big to say. I did like this episode quite a bit. This was um, my favorite um, one so far. This is maybe the best one thus far. In yeah, my opinion, agreed. yes. Uh, it's a good one.
1: So as always, if you haven't watched... The first six episodes of the Historic Materials series on BBC, HBO, wherever you're watching it. We recommend you do that before listening. Um, Yep. Spoilers ahead for the show. And then we're both book readers, so I do want to talk about the book at the very, very end.
0: We can do that.
1: Okay. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So we start in Bullvanger which is just where we left off at the end of episode five. Um, and at first I thought we were actually getting a repeat of her entrance, Lyra's entrance into Bullvanger. because it's again like walking in the snow past the Tartars with the wolf demons. Um, but then we see that it's Lyra after she's gotten into her station close uh, with no coat, just walking through, you know, the far, far Northern cold.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, she's not outside for long.
1: It, and she's walking with one of the nurses, and she sees all the other children.
0: Yeah, and that's it's like pin drop, record scratches, whatever.
1: Yeah, all the children look up to see who <laughs> the new kid is. Dead
0: silent, and all the kids are looking at her.
1: Uh, but we very quickly see that Lyra is reunited with Roger.
0: Yeah, and like... They lock eyes, but don't say anything for obvious reasons. Pan goes up to Roger's demon, whose name I can't recall.
1: I I couldn't catch it. I can't remember it either.
0: And um, the demons talk to each other, but say that they can't. They have to pretend like they don't know each other for now.
1: Right. And Lyra sits down at a table all by herself. um, And then one girl with glasses comes over to sit near her Mm -hmm. and we immediately lose that character yeah they Uh, they call Bridget McGinn and I just want to say her name Bridget McGinn because she came and she went so quickly
0: yeah and so the doctor woman person comes in and calls her away and that's that's pretty much it for Bridget. Before
1: before we go a little bit farther with what Bridget, what we do see of Bridget, I just want to mention that this set is like one of the more on point sets for me as a book reader.
0: Yeah, I felt like they captured this as far as how I envisioned it. Yeah, quite well.
1: Yeah, um, but we do see Bridget walking down the hall towards whatever um, pro- procedure process. Yeah, she
0: goes into a room. And we've got this great image of the nurse standing outside the nurse room. Clara, yeah. With this crazed look in her eyes as the electricity flickers and whatever happens behind that door happens. And this was one of my favorite images of this episode. Absolutely. This, this shot of just dead on of the nurse with her eyes as this happens. And for
1: such a small part, I do think that the actor playing that nurse did a really good job it was really subtle
0: yeah it was like not over the top her subtlety with the expression on her face was definitely really good
1: yeah and and when we learn more later i think that it really even improves on the second watch because there's more there's there's layers, yes. so, yeah, so she did a lot with a little bit is what I'm trying to say, yeah, that I, the I appreciate
0: actress that. who plays the nurse in this episode does the most with her facial expressions and, and very the small little screen bit of time story and very that, little dialogue, yeah,
1: yeah, um, and then we cut to Lyra with a male doctor who we haven't met yet, and Clara's there too again, um, and the doctor is taking photos of Lyra,
0: yeah. And she starts to ask about dust.
1: She asks Lizzie Brooks questions. So I I think I can share this because this didn't really show up so well in the show. We have this book knowledge that Lyra is pretending to be someone named Lizzie Brooks, who is a little bit less uh, clever than Lyra herself. She's not trying to draw too much attention to herself. So she asks about dust, but then she says, well, I would wash myself every day, so I shouldn't have any dust, you know. I thought
0: they did a cool thing where, like, she is asking some questions that maybe are showing a little too much, and then she pulls it back. Right. And says the thing about, well, I wash myself, so I don't have any dust, which is, like, dumbing it down. So they don't know that she knows as much as she knows.
1: Right. But I did also think that this looked cool. Like, this was something um, that I liked about this whole episode is the way that they show the machinery and this technology that they're trying to develop. Um, Yeah, I just thought that it looked neat when her picture was being taken.
0: Yeah, it did look cool.
1: And then they're interrupted by a fire alarm. You want to take Uh, this one?
0: Sure. Yeah, so a fire alarm goes off. All the kids get taken outside for a head count or whatever. Lyra comes up, stands next to Roger. They start talking discreetly-ish. It, yeah. Um, Willing
1: suspension of disbelief there.
0: She tells Roger that the Egyptians are coming and they need to find an escape route. After that, Lyra starts a snowball fight, and chaos ensues.
1: Yeah, um, Roger told her explicitly not to draw attention to herself because that's the people that get taken for this procedure most regularly. Yeah. And she immediately starts a snowball fight. But then he joins her pretty quickly, and all the other kids do too. So she creates a diversion so that she and Roger can go and look for an escape route.
0: Yeah, and they... Wander off into a room where they find cages with demons and no people. Right. And this a bummer.
1: Well, for sure. I mean, it's like going to the pet store, but way worse. It's like, you know, you never want to see an animal sadly sitting in the back of its cage. And you definitely never want to see a cute rabbit. Butting its head against the back wall. Yeah, that was tough. (laughs) Tough
0: stuff with that rabbit. Um. Um. They also find Billy's a cage marked as Billy with no demon in it.
1: Right. And Roger cries. Were you emotional when this was Um, happening? I thought
0: he did a good job with it. Yeah, but were you emotional? I did not personally feel emotional, but I, I thought this was probably better emotion than. The stuff that was supposed to be more emotional in the previous episode. Oh, for sure. And I Lyra, was like
1: mildly touched. I would say, yeah, like it was tugging at my heartstrings a little.
0: And Lyra informs Roger that Billy is dead, and that she found him and took him to Montcosta. Costa, and all of, she just fills him in on everything that happened.
1: Right, and Roger brings up the very great point of if these are the demons, then where are the kids?
0: And then they so head they go off and look find for it. them,
1: and they seem to have like so much time. I mean, yeah. they're running, they're moving quickly, but like, they've made their way into the restricted section in in no time at all. Yeah, but they see the children, um, right?
0: They find the kids they in the room. Look, they just look. They don't in. go in, but they. They look in the room with the kids with right. all their heads shaved and who don't have like demons. And creepily
1: counting.
0: Yeah. And laying down. It's creepy. Down.
1: It is creepy. It sets a tone.
0: And after this, Lyra and Roger get back in line with all the kids going back inside just in time. So they're not noticed to right. have been gone.
1: And Lyra tells him the next time you hear a fire alarm, it will be me. That will be my signal. You have to get everyone ready to get out. Mm-hmm. Um... And then we are back with the doctors, uh, the female doctor that we met last episode and the male doctor that we just got introduced to. She says it's time for a drink. Um, And she gives like a little cheers to freedom and to the conclusion of our work here, which I thought was like a weird cheers.
0: Yeah. Well we find out on this scene is that she's super about it and this guy is a little more skeptical of of the work they are doing
1: I think that this female doctor and later Mrs. Coulter do really sell it that they believe in the work that yeah. they think they're doing the right thing um, and the, the foil of this male doctor being uncertain whether it's a good idea to continue or whether they're just causing suffering I yeah. think it, it does work um, the they woman, also talk about uh, Mrs. Coulter coming. They do. And, they, like, they mention how they're going to pitch to her. They mention
0: that she is coming and talk about how they need to sell her on their progress. And there's a quote from the woman as male doctor is being skeptical where she says, The work is necessary to free generations from tyranny of sin.
1: Yeah. So we learn here that just. They think causes sin, or that the at least the demon settling causes sin. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to prevent the sin from coming onto the children, because when the children right. are still children, they don't have it, but once they're adults, they do. Right. Um, I don't know that we even get that much detail yet, but Mrs. Coulter gives us some of that later. I might. Again, yeah. it's been a long day. It's kind of late at it's- night. I'm not sure how much of that we get in this conversation. No, that's pretty much it. But we start to get the idea that they think that they're preventing sinning.
0: Yeah. Well, she mentions it here, and it does get mentioned later by Mrs. Coulter.
1: Then we're briefly back in the girls' dorm room. Uh, I say back there as if we've been there before. We're briefly in the girls' dorm room for the first <laughs> it's time. It's the first time. Um, and it's dark. It's nighttime. And Lyra's laying in bed awake, and she hears someone crying. Yeah. And then they, like, pan over through the wall to Will's bedroom, which I thought was cool, actually. That was cool. Um, It was very smooth. And Will is watching a video of his dad being interviewed by someone. And I thought that was touching. It was just, like... You know, he, if his dad's been missing for 13 years, we're assuming he's only like maybe 14. He must have he been basically quite doesn't quite young know his dad when his dad went away or disappeared. Um, and so I thought that this was pretty touching. Yeah. You know, that he's like up in bed looking at this interview of his yeah. father talking about him taking a, a toy of his on the strip with him. Um, and then he goes and checks on his mom and tucks her in. And th- yes. this is all like really setting up Will's character really well as this like mm-hmm. serious, conscientious, thoughtful, um, kind of mature b- beyond his age kind of character. Yeah. Um. And then we see that the creepy guys are still in the car. And one of them this time is Thomas. I think this is the first time Thomas has been in the car.
0: Is To my knowledge, yes.
1: Um, and Thomas says, "When are we going in?" Basically, yeah, he's, he's being like, a little impatient, kind of jumping at the gun, like the, other guy's at like, the bit you know, to just go. Pump your brakes. And he said, she, "I thought this was weird." He said, "She knows we are watching. That's enough for now." and yeah. then says, "Like he'll find an opportunity soon." Um, so they are trying to just intimidate her, mm-hmm. um, and that's good enough for them. Well, I,
0: they know she has mental problems, and maybe they're trying to just dig at that with you know or her paranoia or however yeah. you want to look at it
1: i continue to feel like they're doing this storyline better than they're doing the golden compass storyline at, story at sometimes. times but um i i liked this everything about this scene and this is the only time we're with them and then we're back at Bullvanger and we stay there pretty much the whole mm-hmm. episode yep. um So we get back to the girls' dormitory, and now the night has passed. It's morning. There's sunlight coming in, and the girls hear an airship. And we do get, like, a visual of the airship approaching Bullvanger briefly before we're in the girls' dormitory. Um, But the girls hear it. They wake up. They get on the bed and look out the window, and they all start freaking out. And it's clear that there's one girl who's in charge, and she starts giving orders um, in an attempt to – Keep everyone safe, it seems. Like keep she said something about it won't won't be from us that they take someone, it will be from the boys. I
0: didn't so even catch that. You didn't? Mm-mm.
1: She starts talking about like getting the beds in order and everyone's kind of frantic and she said it won't be a girl that's chosen okay. for treatment. Um Yeah, so the
0: yep. Mrs. Coulter is yep. at Bullvanger. Yep. Mrs. is at Bullvanger. we Cut to her walking and talking with the doctors. They're exaggerating their progress, I would say.
1: I missed her. You know, she's evil and all, but we didn't see her last episode. And I was yeah, glad to have her back.
0: She was good in this episode for sure, and it was good to have her presence back. Mrs. Um, Coulter says she wants to see the separator in action.
1: and They're talking about how sometimes they survive now.
0: Yeah, they're. Sometimes they're like, they remain conscious. Now. They're trying to What's highlight it? the possible <laughs> improvements of of their process, but, but it's pretty it, depressing. It, it's like uh,
1: stats there that sometimes they can remain conscious afterwards is not like a very high bar to set for any procedure.
0: No, it's not. Not great. <laughs> that not. I wouldn't uh, say it's a huge success that sometimes people survive.
1: Right. Um, And so Mrs. Coulter doesn't really even take time to get settled in. She wants to go straight to see the children, straight to see this um, procedure being performed. And back in the girls' dormitory, Lyra is trying to talk to the girl in charge who I think is named Annie. I
0: don't
1: know. Um, She does say her name in the episode. I just, it was quick. And she's trying to convince her that she really needs to listen to her. She really needs to hide her. And so Annie... Listens. She believes her. Uh, Lyra tells her what they do because Lyra has seen it now. Um, and he says, Okay, when I say go under the bed and pull yourself up and don't let go. Uh, and then immediately another girl says, She's coming. So Annie says, Okay, everyone in place, meaning, you know, girls to the edge of their bed and Lyra under the bed to hide.
0: Yep. Mrs. Coulter comes in. Lyra's holding herself in the bed. I was like, I think I could make it maybe like two minutes doing this. I'm not in super great shape. But if yeah, if that adrenaline was gone, maybe I'd hold it together. So did
1: you feel tense here? Like, did you feel emotions in this episode? No, I
0: personally didn't feel tense in this scene, but I was just thinking of the physicality of... (laughs) Having to keep yourself there. I do but did. she is also like a teenager or thirteen. I don't know how her old life supposed to be twelve. Twelve or thirteen. Know. But for um, how
1: much a lot of the scenes that were supposed to be um emotional plays fell flat last episode, I feel like they really landed for me this episode, including this one. Oh, I don't like, think
0: it was I'm not I didn't say that to to say that it was bad or that it didn't hit for me. It just i didn't feel tense i wouldn't say i felt tense like oh um but yeah mrs Coulter comes in talks to the girls and the girls look pretty shook and she asks about the bed with no girl and they tell her bridget was taken Bridget for and
1: her. lizzie lizzie is lyra's alias
0: they didn't mention Lizzie, I didn't Annie
1: think. Annie says Bridget and Lizzie got taken for treatment.
0: Oh, I thought she just said Bridget, but no, eh, I guess I says missed that. Bridget and Lizzie. Well, she says that, so that's a good enough uh, answer for Mrs. Coulter. She gives the girls some level of praise or tries to reassure them or whatever. She touches
1: all their faces She's in a really very creepy touchy. way.
0: Monkeys going around inspecting stuff. Yeah, but good enough for her she walks out of the room we get the nice little fake out when she pops back in and lyra has to go climb up into the bed <laughs> to hide one more time and that's the end of that
1: and we see a uh, some mountainous terrain and the Egyptians in a pretty precarious mountain pass trying to get a sled over it yeah very dangerous crevice um and yeah. It's brief, but we just get the idea that the Egyptians are on the way. Yeah. The Egyptians are getting closer. Treacherous. Um, and then we see Lyra and Annie in the, what should we call this, the cafeteria? I would call it the cafeteria. The dining room? I, I don't know. I, they're I, at a table eating. I called it, it the meal. cafeteria. Um, and they're talking about the escape plan. And Lyra says, be ready. And Annie says, for what? And she says, to fight. To fight. And all of the girls look kind of like. It's hard to read their face. Like, they look a little skeptical, but they also are like, I am here listening to this because
0: I'm desperate. Skepticism. They look a little shook. You know, there's a couple things going on.
1: Yeah. And then the female doctor comes in and calls out Lizzie Brooks. Yep. So I thought that was well done, the way that Annie kind of grabbed Lyra's hand and... They are all, like, you know, looking at her. Everybody
0: knows what's going meeting on. Meeting eyes
1: with Roger. And Roger's face looks, like, crazy intense. Yeah. Because he Roger's knows, facial expressions I are I mean, they're all scared. Seen. But Roger knows, knows. You know, mm-hmm. like, R- Lyra and Roger are the only ones who have seen it. Um, yeah. So then Lyra gets out in the hallway with them. And as they're walking towards the room where the procedure would happen, Lyra turns and tries to run. But the female doctor tells the male doctor to grab her demon, and again like super taboo, really not cool. As soon as he picks up Pan, they both faint it seems like. It's just Mavive
0: like is like
1: Well, she loses consciousness. Yeah, she loses consciousness. And Pan for looks like he's limp too when they throw him in the cage later. Um, so they do get them into the room and they throw Pan into the one cage and he immediately then wakes up and shifts into a fox and starts yelling and Lyra then comes to and starts struggling
0: yeah she's like kind of trying to run around and screaming and yelling, just trying to get out of this thing
1: um, and then when they they get her so this is where I started to feeling really a lot of emotion uh unexpectedly, really. I was unsure as a viewer. I was like tense. I was like, oh, my God, is she going to make it out of here? Like, I know what happens. I read the book, but I was still feeling tense. They did just enough changes. They were just subtle enough that I still was like really, Mm -hmm. it was gripping. Um, And all I wrote for notes for this section is that Daphne and Ruth are crushing it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sure. This is just, I don't know, five to ten minutes of those two just Crushing it. Knocking it out of the ballpark. like Yeah. It's so good. But it's
0: in the scene after it. Yeah, um, that's what I'm
1: saying. It's just like nonstop. Like, they are great time for yeah. a few minutes here. But Lyra starts calling out for Mrs. Coulter by name. And the male doctor hears her and thinks that's weird because they shouldn't know what her name is. Um And then she starts calling her mother and saying that she knows her and screaming for mother. And he advocates for her which i thought was like a nice touch that he's shouting back shouldn't we listen to her um and then mrs coulter walks in and hears her and shuts everything down and yeah they let her out and um yeah tell me how were you feeling when you were watching this
0: i thought this was done well and i think my favorite part of it's when i don't know if she's i think that she's pulled out of the the machine at this point, but Mrs. Just, like, Coulter door, putting her out. hand against the glass after that.
1: I felt emotional. I didn't know that I would. I didn't think that I would. Because I, like so much of the moments that were supposed to be emotional kind of just didn't land for me. But, um, and we also had an interruption. The first time we watched it when I was feeling all those feelings. So I don't know how much they would have grown had we not like paused the show right then. But I was feeling like really emotional when that happened. So when she's yelling and,
0: and it's getting close to them turning the machine on, I thought that was very intense and well done.
1: No, but it was also something about. Ruth Wilson as Mrs. Coulter seeing recognizing what was happening and like rushing to save her daughter, you know? Yeah. Um slow clap for them for this scene. Like really Yeah, it's good. It was good. And then the next scene too, really good. Yeah.
0: I, I liked it's this like scene. Like I I
1: know what's gonna happen. I know what's supposed to happen. But also the show has changed so much that sometimes I'm like, oh, I, maybe I don't. Maybe I really, maybe they're yeah, just going <laughs> There's a
0: level of uncertainty because of some of the changes they've made.
1: Um, so these two scenes really worked for me because they have seeded some doubt in me maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, it, they sort of redeemed it for me up to this point. So we see Daphne Keene as Lyra back with um, Mrs. Coulter in her bedroom, which isn't that fancy—not like a normal fancy Mrs. Coulter bedroom—but no, it's a lot she's nicer. She's in Bolvangar. It's a so. lot nicer than the other rooms we've seen in Bolvangar so far, um, and she's trying to get Lyra to sip a beverage.
0: Yeah, Lyra thinks <laughs> she's not. She's very skeptical.
1: She won't open her lips.
0: And Mrs. Coulter goes on to be like, "If I wanted to poison you, I could do it other ways that are easier." That basically just trying to be like, I didn't poison this drink, just drink the drink.
1: She's trying to tell her that it's chamomile tea like her mother used to give her. Mm-hmm. Um, and this scene was where I, again, thought Ruth Wilson did such a great job because I really thought she sold the idea that Mrs. Coulter believes in what she's doing. Like... She's yeah. explaining it all to Lyra. She's explaining about dust and about puberty and about how this process works. And like, you really get the sense that she thinks she's doing right. Yeah. Something. Cause
0: like Lyra is calling her out. She's like, you're killing kids and like, that's cool and all that you're willing to save me. But like, that doesn't make it okay that you're killing other kids in the name of your experiments or this right. greater cause that you're trying to explain to me?
1: And if it was such a good thing, why didn't you let it happen to me? You should be glad that it's happening to me. Yeah. Um. And then Mrs. Coulter's feeling really good about that little speech she just gave, justifying everything she's doing, torturing children, and she just asked for the alethiometer, like straight up.
0: And she's like, "Uh, yeah, so they gave you that thing. um, I need that. Azriel can't have it. You need to give it to me, and Lyra plays along,
1: yeah, and well, she says before that that now is the time to choose a side, and yes. they really built the tension in this scene too, between the two of them, and it just was really well done." And there was a moment, again, like, I know what happens. I know what's going to happen. But there was a moment where I was like, oh, my God, is she going to give her really the alethiometer? I don't know. You know, <laughs> like, it it was really working for me this episode in a way that previous episodes hadn't been. Mm-hmm. Um, So she gives her a square leather pouch with a metal tin in it. And she says, I kept it safe. And that's all she says. And then... Mrs. Coulter says, oh, well, it's soldered, and we know what that is. It's the audience, but she yeah. doesn't know, and she goes over and opens it, and uh, the spy fly pops out and bonks her in the head, and she, like, falls on the floor, and Lyra uses that as her diversion to escape. Um, And then what did you think about this next Oh, scene? this
0: was great. I thought this was really good. This this landed for me. When, I love so, it. So, like, Lyra runs out after the spy fly comes out, and she picks up a fire extinguisher, is like bashing the lock or whatever to like. It's so like Mrs. an electronic keypad like, yeah, or something. Like a, so, so she
1: she makes it so that the door is permanently locked. Yeah. And so like Miss Coulter, Coulter can't, can't get, get out.
0: out, and they're both just like, I let me see what I put here. I thought it was good. Um,
1: I just primal, primal screaming, primal screaming ensues. Well, you know, something that I missed about Mrs. Coulter in that episode where the Egyptians came to her flat and were looking for the papers Lyra was mentioning and you said like her body posture when she got on top of someone was weird. She was sort of like her demon. Yeah, that's she no, that's what like I thought. Monkey. Oh, well, you didn't and, say it. Oh, well, I had to read that in a Rolling Stone article to catch it. I, I thought it. that
0: was very monkey like the way when that when that break in happened, and this well, was as you well. It was more
1: perceptive for me, but yeah, that's why I'm bringing that up because I thought that Mrs. Coulter at the door it was this very primal, like, yeah. like yeah. ape scream. That's so what I have my notes
0: some primal screaming,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> but then Lyra, it was more like. The echo of her mother rather than like a, I mean, it was also primal, but it was like, you know, they were they were mirrors for each other, literally, because they were on other sides of the door, yeah. but also in the mother-child dynamic. Yeah, that whole thing really worked for me. It worked for me, from big time. From beginning to end, every, that whole big chunk of the two of them together from the intercision machine all the way through this great yeah just so yeah. great
0: so like this screaming's happening and then pan's like yo we gotta go you need to stop
1: yeah and i like that too that pan's like calling her in he's like hey this is done you know like good job but like, this is not the time good
0: screaming and now we have to go <laughs> and they bash the fire alarm
1: she kicks it with her foot i like that yeah. it's like a little karate kick or something Um, And then she finds Roger and the kids very quickly. Again, like how she's been there for less than a day. She doesn't know her way around. I don't know. Mm. Whatever. So she finds Roger. She finds the other kids getting ready to go out. They think it's a fire drill, but she says, no, this was my signal. Um, Tell the other kids to get ready and also go and find the kids that have been cut and get them out of here. Yes. Um, So she gives him his mission and then... She runs off, and then we see that the Egyptians are getting closer.
0: Yeah, and then we cut back to Lyra putting her clothes on.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I just read my notes wrong. We, yeah, I was we, like, we see that she gets her, her Egyptian clothes, that's what I wrote.
0: Yeah, she gets her clothes, and this is a cool scene, too. She's putting her clothes on, and our nurse person comes in she
1: has a name
0: clara nurse clara comes in and tells her she needs to go back to her dorm or whatever and lyra just asks her what what was your demon's name or what was his name i don't even think she says demon she just says what was his name
1: She says the demon that she cut from you, what was his name? Oh, does she she say the Okay. And then Clara says Nicholas, and she says she loved Nicholas, and she just starts kind of like looking more introspective or, you know, like distracted, and Lyra runs out. But this is, again, like she does a lot with a little with this character. Her facial
0: expressions are really Mm -hmm. good here. And now
1: we see that. Her facial expression in that first scene that you liked so much that I also liked so much. It just looked very cool. But like there's all these shadows of different emotions passing over her face as the intercision process was happening. And I think it is like like the remembering that trauma on some level, even if she's kind of like repressing it or distant from it, you know, like yeah, whatever. at least that's how I took it. Mm-hmm. That's how I read it.
0: She made her confront the reality of what has happened. Yeah. We don't know what kind of state they're in after this happens. It seems like they're in some sort of fog or right. like they're not all there mentally.
1: Well, well, I'll talk about this in the, the post game, the after party, whatever we're calling that section at the end when we talk about stuff. But um, this was a little bit different and I liked the way they did it. But I, I just wonder, some people have mentioned budget things on the Internet when I'm reading about this show. I wonder if this was another one of those budget things mm. because there's they changed um the portrayal of these adult characters that have had the intercision just a little. And like I don't hate this at all, but um I just wonder why they changed it. That's awesome. We
0: can talk about that later.
1: And then Pan says they have to go and destroy the intercision machine. So they run off.
0: Yeah. Before that, um, Roger finds the kids Mm -hmm. that have been separated from their demons. Mm -hmm. I said, Roger finds a rough scene of kids with their heads shaved. Yeah, Um, They're unresponsive when he tells them they need to leave. And then he inspires them by saying something to the effect of like, need to honor your demons and do this for them. To make sure this doesn't happen to other kids.
1: Right. So then Lyra goes and causes some kind of like atomic reactor reactor explosion.
0: Yeah. She just starts hitting buttons. And (laughs) then like the whole building starts to like break in the machines.
1: But you know what? I kind of like this too. Because when I was imagining this, I never really imagined that it was some kind of, like, atomic situation. But now, thinking about it, thinking about what they're trying to do, trying to separate a soul from a body, and you know, like, of course, they're working with tiny particles. Like, they're working with dust, which is this, like, invisible to us kind of particle, right? So, I don't know. I guess I just couldn't, like, imagine when I was reading this. What kind of machine it was? I basically thought it was like a guillotine, and it was. It was and like it a guillotine. Did have that look? But it was like a nuclear guillotine or something. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> you know, a was little like... more
0: tech, more more teched out than <laughs> um, than maybe our imaginations led us to reading the book.
1: So it was cool to see how they were imagining the the machine being like much more involved than I was, and also the explosion being much more dramatic than I could have mm-hmm. thought. Um, also, yep. I don't think that this happened yep. in the book. No, but
0: it's fine. I didn't care,
1: but it was cool to see like a nuclear reactor explode kind of yeah. situation or
0: they kind of uh, come to the same result of, of a thing that happens in the book, but with this as the vehicle instead. So
1: totally fine. So uh, then this is where we see that the Egyptians are getting closer because we just see like the little bit of the bottom of a balloon heading mm-hmm. towards Bullvanger. Um, and then we get a scene of Mrs. Coulter and her monkey trying to get out, realizing that this isn't a fire drill and that they actually have to like go somewhere because they're hearing explosions and shouts and things like that. So, um, they're crawling through the ductwork and I was pretty skeptical of the Lyra and the ductwork earlier on and we missed Lyra and the ductwork this episode where she in the book is crawling through the ductwork mm-hmm. for not, not to escape, but like she just crawls through the ductwork at bullvanger Yeah. Um, so I really liked the mirror of Mrs. Coulter climbing through the ductwork here. Yeah.
0: I didn't know if you wanted to talk about this now or later, but... I
1: mean, it doesn't give anything away. No, it
0: doesn't. So, like, yeah, I thought this was... I don't know if this was intentional. I would have to think oh, it is. Oh, it has to has be. has to be, right? It has to be. So, like, yeah, in the book, there's, like, a part of this whole part of the story where Lyra's spying through ductwork, and for them to instead have Mrs. Coulter escaping through the ductwork, I thought was a cool touch. To like
1: well, and I wondered why they made Lyra go in the ductwork earlier, and I wondered if they might cut this ductwork in later because (laughs) it's like thrown around. Why would they have her crawl through the ductwork twice? I mean, I guess you could set up the precedent that this is a character that likes to spy on people that way, but
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you could also say that Mrs. Coulter did it first because her demon did it before Lyra
0: did. That's true.
1: Anyway, it just sets up that relationship, that mother daughter bonding yeah you know it's some like some
0: mirroring stuff going yeah. on
1: um and so i i liked it and i also really liked her posture when she got out of the ductwork <laughs> <It's like, laughs> again yeah. it's like she is more in tune with her demon than she's letting on mm-hmm. you know and
0: her just her physical acting not only in this episode but throughout has been quite good yeah yeah
1: so then we see Annie and all of the girls from the dormitory running. Um, and they kind of get to a place where they can't get out. The door is locked and there's the guards coming towards them. Yeah, the
0: doctor and the guards, two of the Tartar guards.
1: And the doctor's sort of trying to do harm reduction, I think. He's trying to be like, it's okay, follow me. Even yeah. though there's just like really scary guards with these big, I don't know, what are they, like spears? No, they have like their, guns. Mm, do they have guns? They have like those big sharp... Oh, maybe they're... So, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. They have impressive weapons and impressive wolves. And then they start getting attacked from behind. And the Egyptians are there. Yeah. And that was cool. They
0: take out the Tartars pretty quick. And then Ma Kosta runs up on the doctor.
1: Hell yeah. Presses
0: him about her son. Of
1: course.
0: And then she breaks his neck fuck yeah like a badass <laughs> i liked that
1: that was good uh, and then another guard comes their way and the girls start screaming at, but someone shoots him from behind and when the guard falls it's lee scores B behind him that was great too mm-hmm. um and then we see Lyra, and it's just chaos, and she's running through fighting, and she gets trapped kind of between two guards. And we're like, oh, no, how's she going to get out of this one? And Yorick comes and just, like, swipes guard out of the yeah. way from above. He's
0: just, like, boom, real quick.
1: Um, and that's a really cute exchange, too.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked that.
1: Do you remember what they say? I didn't take a lot of notes because there's uh, so much action I happening. didn't.
0: It was, there was a lot going on, but... Lyra says, What took you so long, maybe, or something like that? Yeah, and, and then he he's says, like, Nice to see you nice, too, yeah, or something. Yeah.
1: And then she like just yells orders at him, like, Go help the kids, or I don't remember what. But he's yeah. like, You're welcome. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was cute. It's a
0: good exchange between those two.
1: Um, and then it's just like chaos and fighting all around, lots of uh, people getting hurt, people dying, people engaged in combat. And then Thank goodness we get to see Serafina doing something freaking awesome. Yeah. Serafina to the rescue. Um, I am bummed b- up the budget because this was supposed to be more than one witch. Yeah,
0: there's supposed to be a whole fight with, like, a bunch of Tartars and a bunch of witches and Egyptians and, like, all the stuff's going on, and we basically just get Seraphina, But it's cool.
1: It's super cool. She's super badass. She
0: flies in, and it's like, she's basically just going light speed, kills everybody in the room, pretty much. She wins
1: the fight, like, in
0: in five five, minutes. No. Five seconds. Yeah,
1: whatever. She wins the fight for them. (laughs) Um, but I just kept thinking like, all right, so we're probably not gonna see more than one witch at any point, maybe. Mm. And if that's if one witch could do that, then what can like ten witches or five hundred witches do? You know, like I wanna see that. Yeah. But like you said, when we were done watching it, it seems like the action, the fighting has been PG rated. It and definitely so they is. sort of just like kind of took care of this quickly and easily Mm mm-hmm and yeah she cleans it up and then that's like
0: it it's like they're like the Egyptians are there and they're like well we won and um we have Roger
1: comes out with the kids
0: yeah roger comes out with the kids that have been separated and we also see as they're kind of like gathering everybody together mrs coulter's in the background creeping yeah and i think she just realizes like Probably if she comes out, she'll get killed. So she kind of just slinks away. I think
1: that too, but she also looks kind of sad.
0: She did look sad.
1: Like, she looks scared and sad.
0: I think she knows she... Yeah, I think that it, it did It did have... The look on her face did have that mixture.
1: But her sadness could be that her project is dead as much as, like... like sure. I would want it to you be a human reaction way. of, like, oh, shit, I did this to these kids. Like, that's so fucked. But I think that it's probably more that, like... She realizes the battle is over and she has lost. And it's probably more that kind of sadness and scared than anything. Yeah, you could take it that way. But yeah, we see her slinking in the corner, like looking through a door or something. Um, And it seems like the Egyptians recognize some of their kids and the kids that had been cut. And that's pretty sad. They're like going over and hugging some of them, but not all of them. And then Lyra realizes that some of them are just standing there not getting hugged. So she goes over and hugs Bridget. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see Mrs. Coulter kind of like slowly backing away. Yep. And then Yorick and Lee are preparing the balloon to take Lyra and Roger to the north. Lyra says goodbye to Ma Costa, um, and we see Roger hugging Lyra as the balloon is yeah. lifting up. He's also in the introduced
0: to Yorick and Lee and Lee and Yorick have their normal banter of kind of joking with each other.
1: And then we see a really short shot of a thing in the distance flying towards the balloon that we assume is Serafina. Yeah. (laughs) Like a line. (laughs) Could be a bird. Could be a witch. We don't know. It Um, is Serafina. And Serafina talks to Lee for a few minutes, Um, and that's a cute exchange. I liked
0: that exchange for sure.
1: Um, Although she she comes and she mentions, like, it looks like he needed to tow, but we don't see her towing him anywhere. We don't, but I'll take it. Uh, So if you're not a book reader, in the book, the witches, plural, um, are kind of like towing the balloon in a certain direction against the wind. Because mm-hmm. the wind would obviously blow the balloon wherever the wind is blowing, but they need the balloon to go to a certain place.
0: Yeah, they're um, going to. to they're going to Azrael. find Asriel. Um,
1: but so she just sort of cheekily says, "Like knee to toe," and but she's like sitting inside the balloon.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I don't know, whatever,
1: whatever. Uh, but I did like their exchange, and I thought this was a better showing of Seraphina all around. Oh this yeah, episode. the whole
0: episode. They could have, like, I feel like they could have just. Not even had her in the last episode and just had this be her introduction and I would have been much more happy with but it. But then
1: they would have had to actually do the scene from the book that I was so mad that they cut last time, you know? Yeah. Anyway, which they could have done, but it would have been more yeah. uh, more um, special effects budget maybe. <sighs> so... Then we have a scene back with Egyptians uh, where it looks like they're headed back towards their people, towards their boats, and they're talking about um, what to do with the children who have their demons cut away, and they have the demons in cages, and they men- mention that they can't speak anymore, and that just that is makes, a bummer. like, really heartbreaking.
0: I thought that was very sad.
1: So, you know, they mention that the, the parents might be scared of them, and that they might not take their kid back, which is sad and all, but, like, it was even sadder to me when and Father Coram said that the demons didn't talk.
0: Yeah. And when they say that too, then Ma is like, Well, we'll take the kids if their parents don't want Ma them. Costa's They'll be Egyptians. The freaking best. She's like, They'll be Egyptians if their parents don't want them. And she has a pretty, you know, she has a moment with, with Lord Fa. And we find out that Billy, I, I took it as Billy being their child.
1: Well, there were definitely vibes. I didn't think that that was sure. Okay. But yes, I caught some heavy vibes about maybe Billy being their kid for sure. Um at least he's really affected by it and she's like reassuring him more than he's reassuring her, which her being the mother seems weird, but if he's the father, then it seems a little less weird. Yeah. But yeah, I caught some heavy vibes about maybe that was their kid.
0: I feel like those they were heavy on it. But <laughs> It wasn't. I like, guess I could be wrong. He didn't
1: say like my child or something, you know. But um, it's possible. And then we see the balloon again approaching some more mountains, and it's finally dark and snowy and just like impenetrably dark and dark all the time. So, like, thank goodness we finally made it this to whole the north, where it's dark was like that he, uh maybe not the Bullbanger, whole thing like it's still most all of it. daytime sometimes. most of it there was
0: a few daytime shots when like Miss Coulter showed up
1: um and I think it's Hester that st- first like kind of stirs and notices that something is amiss and then Lee wakes up and hears that Something is not quite right, too, and he goes and checks his instruments, and I like that his, uh, I'm assuming it's his compass, but we don't really know, but his instruments are just, like, spinning around and around. Yeah. Um, I thought it was the compass, because they're headed towards the North that's Pole, what I thought. and I it thought was... that the magnetic readings that's were just, what... like, not working anymore.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's what we were supposed to think.
1: But then they're also hearing that the clift gas are starting to fuck with their balloon. Yeah.
0: I thought they looked pretty cool.
1: I liked everything about this scene.
0: Yeah, I thought the Cliff Gas looked cool and they're like coming from every angle pretty much. And Lee starts shooting at them and York's kind of trying to help too.
1: Have you ever had any misgivings about this uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda as Lee? I think that they should be I've laid come to around. rest. I've come around. I mean, yeah, he's not Sam Elliott, but I think he. I like
0: him. It's fine. It I got fine. over it. I got over it. I like him. I think he's doing a good job. Um, he was good in this scene. This was n- even, you know, like we've said over and over, we, we generally know what's going to happen. Or at least we think we do. They have changed some things. We used to think we knew um, what was going to happen. So as the balloon gets bumped and then the hatch busts loose and Lyra's like hanging there, you know, I, was, I felt tense.
1: I was really tense this whole scene with the cliff gas.
0: Mm -hmm. and Lyra's hanging on, and Lee tries to get her, but she slips away and just starts flying off into the air, and that's how we end the episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was very tense the first run-through, and then even the second time, I still was a little bit tense. So, yeah, it really worked for me. And this, for as much as I shit-talked the last episode, I really loved this episode i think it was the best episode yet
0: this um i think i'm in agreement with you and this was my favorite episode thus far
1: um so do you want to have a little after the episode yeah let's do the after party we'll give you maybe some more book spoilers or talk about some like things that we think might happen in the next two episodes the last two episodes
0: Yeah, let's do that. So if you haven't read the books or you don't want to be spoiled or you don't want to hear speculation, turn this off now and we'll see you for episode seven. Uh, If you are interested in this, we're going to get into it.
1: So I just have to light a candle for seeing lots of witches flying through the sky because... Unless we see them in one of these last battle scenes in the last two episodes, I just really don't think it's going to happen. It's Seems like unlikely. We seem to be getting shortchanged in the demons and witches department specifically Yeah. Uh, about the special effects budget. And I
0: think that's the case. That
1: is really sad. I'm
0: more bummed. Like, Yeah, I want to see more demons, but I do feel especially shortchanged on having one witch.
1: Really bummed
0: like this fight at the end is supposed to have like
1: a clan of, a witches. Clan
0: of witches and I we know. got one
1: <laughs> but even the scenes with the balloon were supposed to have like five witches yeah you know like yeah. just give me some witches man just give me i just want to see
0: a fight with multiple witches N-
1: not to mention like numberless witches flowing through the sky
0: yeah we're getting we're getting the short end of the stick um but that's here.
1: also what i wanted to say about clara I do really love what this person did with the character of Clara, who probably didn't even have a name in the book. Uh, I can't remember. Can you? Mm, She might have. But it...
0: it, I don't know. It was a
1: very not exciting, small part, and she did a lot with it, and it really worked for me. But in the book, they had demons, and they were like little obedient kind of demons, like little dogs, like lap dogs or something. And... They were trotting next to them, you know, sort of like when we're introduced to police officers and certain kinds of servants and stuff. Some of their demons are dogs, too, various kinds of dogs. But, like, because of the nature of their job, because they are in a position of serving or, like, being subordinate or something, you know, they have a certain kind of demon. And so Lyron makes a note about how their demons are, like, unusually quiet and calm yeah. like always just like sitting and not really alert you know mm-hmm. and um we didn't see them have any demons at all but they also didn't like make it a big point to m- make a point of them not having demons at all
0: yeah you know
1: what i mean it just they was could like, have just
0: had a demon there that was like sitting there they not could have had like doing a anything creepy
1: like unaffected demon that didn't talk you know like Mrs. Coulter's demon doesn't really talk and is weird looking and, like, it's noticeable that it makes strange faces. Um, They could have done something like that, but it seems like we're shortchanged on the special effects. And so, yeah. like, just taking the demon away works. It does. It works. But I, I would was... have liked to see this, like, how do you portray something that has just been like, like ripped lab- out. It's been sort of like, like lobotomized. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I've i told you before, I always um, associated the word intercision with circumcision. You know, maybe not like some kind of mutilation that like reduces your ability to feel pleasure. Yeah. Right?
0: Or feel anything feel, for that matter. Feel
1: anything, sure.
0: Um I hear you on this one. They did such a good job with the physical acting and the facial expressions with the nurse herself. Yeah. That I was willing to look past this.
1: I mean, I bought it. It's just it seems If they're shortchanging us so much on the special effects now, why did they decide to happen when we series to the second and third book? I mean, we're only gonna meet more It gets more ethereal characters that are gonna be hard to portray. It gets more and more out there with
0: like what's gonna be needed with the CGI and with the special effects and to to portray this in any sort of decent way. it worries me. Like it's it's okay. For now,
1: it is worrying. But, I mean, it's barely okay. I'm upset. It's
0: barely okay. It is barely okay right now. I'm concerned about how they're going to portray the second and third books because it just gets more crazy.
1: I mean, some shows do get a bigger budget after the first season, right? That happens we've seen that happen over and over again in the for, world of television. Yeah, it, it um, could happen. So maybe they're waiting for this first season to really take off, but if they're not even making an effort to make the book readers happy in the first season, then like I, I would don't know. wager that
0: they would say they are trying to, but yeah.
1: well, we'll see. And and you've said that you think it's only going to be two seasons.
0: That's what I heard, but I could be wrong.
1: And so I also don't know how they're going to fit all the content Doing into the one more Doing the second and third season. books in
0: one season seems wild to me.
1: Right. So It's a
0: lot that happens.
1: Okay, what else did we say we wanted to mention?
0: Um, I'm trying to think if I had anything else that's like...
1: I have some speculation that's not based yeah, we could on this do while. We could do
0: the speculation. I don't think I have any big gripes or like things I think are worth bringing up that happened in this specific episode.
1: So I think that we got this one scene of Will Perry because next episode we're basically going to get what I thought we might get this episode with the home invasion.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what we're leading to, it seems.
1: That's my guess that they'll do that first, not end there. And then they'll end back at the end of the Golden Compass.
0: Okay. So we'll like kind of have our end for this season of beginning of book two stuff with like them having to flee their house, apartment, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Yeah.
1: And maybe even Will will end up like in another world by the end of this season. Possibly. But I think that they won't end the. I don't think they'll end on that note. I think they'll end on the note of like the high point, the you know,
0: the end of Golden Compass.
1: What's that word? Oh my gosh, the climax. Yeah, that's the word. I think they'll end on the climax of the Golden Compass in the eighth episode. That would be my guess. They should. Um, And so then we might see Lyra crossing into another world Mm -hmm. as well at the end of that episode. But I think that we will. We spent. Like the whole time with Lyra this episode. So I think we're going to spend a bunch more time with Will. Perry yeah, I think they're going to split seven. next episode
0: between like Lyra um, and the Bears. Maybe. And um, Will. Maybe. That's my guess.
1: I think that we might even not get to Lyra and the Bears until the episode after that.
0: Mm, we'll I see. don't because we have to do that and that's going to take some time. And then we. After that, we have to do Azriel and Lyra and Roger and right. Mrs. Coulter. And so, I think that's going to be a whole po- big portion of an episode.
1: But some people were speculating that we'd be like in City Gaza by the end of this series already, mm-hmm. and I don't think so. You mean the end like, of the season? We might like like physically like get like one image of that or something, but I don't know that we are going to like have it whole episode there oh
0: i don't think no way we have two episodes left i don't think that's possible
1: but some people were speculating that that might be the case
0: no i don't i doubt that
1: so if we are only just getting to that point by the beginning of next season i don't see how they're gonna do two books in one season
0: it seems totally unreasonable to me (laughs) that's all i gotta say about it This is three books. You got to do three seasons. That's how I look at it.
1: And but. I heard someone mention something about like, you know, child actors are only getting older and you don't want them to look too old. <laughs> but I feel like the timeline of these stories is long enough and the whole point is sort of We've that they're going through puberty anyway. And like suspended
0: our disbelief. It's fine. In other series and whatever. It's fine.
1: I think it'd be fine.
0: But. Yeah. Well,
1: so I didn't have anything else that was really pressing. I didn't either. I liked it.
0: Yeah, it was um, like like we said, best episode yet.
1: Well, uh, apologies again that this might be up a little bit later than usual. Maybe. No, almost certainly. <laughs> but um, we'll try to be more timely next week, and you should have it. By Thursday at the latest. Yep. All right. Until next time.
0: Bye.